Good morning, church. How are you? You can take your seats. Do you know what, Jared? If you really, truly loved me, you'd buy me Christmas lights too. (laughs) I love that Pastor Brendan bought you Christmas lights. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Hey, it's good to see you this morning. Who's enjoying the warmer weather? Just think this time last week we had our big puffer jackets on and this week we're got sweaty armpits and knee pits and, you know, all the pits. But, uh, you know, it is always a privilege and a joy to um, speak and share the Word of God this morning. And this morning we're going to start in the book of Ecclesiastes. Who here has heard preaching from the book of Ecclesiastes very often? I know for me, not very often. A few people put their hands up. They're obviously the very spiritual ones. But um, Ecclesiastes and... uh, Ecclesiastes is actually uh, a book written by, well, scholars actually don't really know who it was. But what they do know is they believe that it was written by one of the kings of Israel. And um, if you know much about kings of Israel, one of the most um, incredibly known was King Solomon. And King Solomon is known and has a reputation of being very intellectual and very knowledgeable Um, and and a man of wisdom. And we're going to read Ecclesiastes this morning. We're going from Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 12. And I'm reading from the NIV version. You can read whatever version you feel happy with. It will be on the screens, but you can also check it out um, on the version app to follow along. And this, the words of Solomon, goes a little bit like this. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may, may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we can come here to civic church, to enjoy company and fellowship, but also learn and and go deeper in you. God, this morning I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts open to sense what you would say to us individually this morning. And we thank you for it. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Who here comes from a sporty family? Any sporty family? Yeah, a few people around here. It's never too late to, uh, you know, become sporty people. I grew up um, many, many different sports in my family, but one sporting uh, thing that I learnt from a very young age is that there's three days every year that we don't have anything to do with people who are from New South Wales. We despise three days a year people from New South Wales. I hope I didn't offend anyone here right now. But my family, we were passionate about the state of origin. Anybody else out there passionate about the state of origin? Yep, a few people. And um, every year on those three days, we would bring out our jerseys, our scarves, our hats, the full maroon wear. And uh, we would fly that flag high for those days. And as you know, Queensland just smashes New South Wales most of the time. But um, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to go and uh, down to Melbourne and watch the State of Origin 
live. And um, if you've ever been to a live game, it doesn't matter whether it's rugby union or cricket or whatever, there's just something powerful, right, about walking into the stadium with your jersey on. There's people there that you've never met before, but all of a sudden there's just this camaraderie. You're, you're one. You're one together while this is happening. And um, there's, there's nothing quite like going, you know, we're sitting there in the Melbourne Stadium, people around. It was the last game Queensland needed to win. And there was this moment in the game and Billy Slater took this intercept from New South Wales. And I think he ran about 60 metres, just gunned it down the field, took that try. In that moment, it was just pure elation, people. It was like we were one big family. It didn't matter who you were, whether you'd never seen each other before. People are hugging each other. People are kissing one another. Food's flying in the air. Beverages are flying in the air. Like, it was just... This beautiful moment of connection at this time, this clincher for the game, this camaraderie between the Maroons and the Blues. Beautiful, beautiful moment, powerful moment of connectedness. But then also you go to a sporting game and you see these incredible teams and I love the older I get, the more introspective I get. And I love just sitting there and watching gameplay. Gameplay, you can't see it on TV very well, but I love sitting up there and watching these teams who have worked hard together, putting all these strategies together to get that ball down over that line. And you can see this strategy and teams working together to get over the line. Do you know what? This scripture here in Ecclesiastes is saying that it's better to have two than one. Because when we have more than one, we do so much better in life. We succeed. We encourage one another. It's better to not be alone, but to have people around us, to encourage one another in life. And you know, this is not just a God idea, but even our world understands the power of connection, the power of relationship. We see it in science, we see it with psychologists, professors, researchers, authors. They all agree about this incredible healing power of connection, of relationship. And I'm going to give you some examples this morning. See, movie makers know how to pull on heartstrings. If you've seen Lord of the Rings, anybody Lord of the Rings fans? Right, if you haven't seen it, go home this afternoon, block out four hours because you'll need, well, if you're going to watch all the trilogy, you might need a whole day. Um, but the third one, Sam and Frodo. They're so close to destroying that ring. And that iconic line that Sam turns to Frodo and says, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Oh, what a moment, people. There was tears, there was snot, there was the whole thing. But the power of camaraderie, the power of sticking together and doing it together. Another example comes from an, am uh, an amazing lady who is very well known in our society today. Her name is Brene Brown. Anybody heard of Brene Brown? Very, very popular. She's a professor, a lecturer, a researcher, an author, and is known in particular for her research on vulnerability and leadership. And there's a great quote from her, and this is what it says, there is a deep sense of love and belonging that is 
irreducible need of all men, women and children. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, spiritually wired to love, to be love and belong. We are wired to love, be love, and belong. If you were here last week, you would have heard the incredible message by Pastor Kerry about loving. We were made to know the love of our Heavenly Father, but then also to love one another. It's who we are. It's who we're made to be. But we can't love one another unless we're with another, right? And this is where it comes in that we need to really be better with people, to get alongside other people. You know what? Even our law enforcement knows the power of connection because what they do is a thing called solitary confinement. And if you've ever done any kind of looking into solitary confinement, it's where they take people away and they put them in a room by themselves and they give them no contact with any other person. And I actually did some research on this because I didn't want to stand up here and lie to you all. But the physical and mental um, things that it does to these people in solitary confinement is just absolutely horrible because we're made for relationship. We're not meant to do this life alone. As I say, no man is an island. We're designed, created from the beginning to be in relationship. If you look in your Bible, from the beginning we see relationship. God is not singular, but He's three in one. We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Genesis, from the very beginning, we see God made man and turned to Him and said, it's not good for you to be alone, mate. I'm going to make a friend for you. And so he creates woman. And all through Scripture, we see this over and over, the power of relationship. Even when, uh, you know, he uh, becomes a rabbi and gets that status and goes and calls on his disciples to come around him and, and learn with him. But he also makes friends. And we know he had Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who were his close friends in the Bible. Then he went away and, you know, we see Paul, who is a significant icon of spreading news and the good news of the gospel through the Bible. And he had Silas and he had these other guys that came around with him spreading the gospel. People, we can't be naive to think that we can do this life alone. We are made for relationship. It's God's plan for our lives. And another verse this morning I want to read to you is, comes from the, the book of Hebrews. And this uh, book of Hebrews was written by Paul. And he wrote it to the Christians in Jerusalem to encourage them to persevere in the face of persecution. And it's Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And it goes a little bit like this. Again from the NIV. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good works. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another as more as we see the day approaching. 
not giving up meeting together, to encourage one another, to spur one another on in this life. I have a quiz for you. He likes quizzes. What happened on this day 39 weeks ago? I'm glad none of you know because it would kind of be weird if you did. But 39 weeks ago, Pastor Brendan stood on this very stage and preached from this very verse, Hebrews 10. And he made two iconic words that have overshadowed everything that who we are civic this year. And those two words were, we want to be intentionally collective. Intentionally collective. It was his origins message from the start of the year. So technically I'm just stealing your message from 39 weeks ago, Pastor Brennan. Is that okay? All right, thank you. I should have asked for um, copyright privileges, shouldn't I? but intentionally collective. And I don't think it's any uh, surprise that really the last three weeks at church, again, has all been about being intentionally collective. Pastor Jared uh, two weeks ago, and Kerry last week about loving one another, and then today being intentionally collective again. I believe it's who we are It's come from the heart of our senior pastor, which has come from the heart of God, that we at Civic are intentionally collective. The word intentional means to be done on purpose and be deliberate. Done on purpose to be deliberate and collective meaning a number of persons or thing considered as one group or a whole. Intentionally collective. And one of Pastor Brendan's incredible quotes from that Sunday was, is he being God wants us as a church to assemble together as one body in one place at one time as often as we can to participate and play our part in being the church. We all have a part to play in the church. In the scripture as well, it says we are one body in Christ. Someone's the ear, someone's the foot, someone's the nose, but we need every single part to function well in the body. Why? To encourage one another, to lift one another up, especially in the times that are tough. Like Paul was saying, church, right now more than ever, we need to be gathering together because it doesn't take you long to see when you step out these walls into a world, there is a hurting world out there, but they're turning their backs towards Jesus. Our government, our ideologies, what used to be built on Christian foundation is now being pushed aside. More than ever, we need to come together to encourage one another in the things of God, of truth. Because what happens is if we stay out there for too long, we start getting a different narrative. We start hearing a different narrative And as I'm sure many of you know, the more you hear something, the more you might start to believe it. But more than ever, us as a church, as believers, as Christians, need to gather together to encourage one another in the truth of God. And as we do that, we can go out there, not with our words, but our actions and show who this Jesus really, truly is. The pandemic broke us, people. 
it broke us. Not that we can't be fixed, but it broke us in becoming insular and isolated again. Isolation did something inside all of us that I don't think humanity understood what would happen. And I don't know if you're like me, but I know there was a season in isolation where I just absolutely loved it. I, love, I am an introvert, so I do recharge without seeing people. But honestly, I loved it. I loved not having to get up and, well, I did get up, but I, I loved getting up and not having to, you know, get dressed to go to work every day and get Lily ready for school and having to come to church. I loved being able to sit out in my hammock with my gym clothes on, getting a sweet tan with sunscreen and um, enjoying church like that. It just became so familiar to us that it became kind of nice. Nice to just sit at home and, and relax and not have to put in any effort. But church more than ever, we need to be intentionally collective to come together, to spur one another on in his good works. I get it. It's so hard. We do get tired. And when we come here, we're around people that the truth is we're not going to like everyone and get along with everyone. Sometimes we really tick each other off. Sometimes we hurt one another, but that's family. We still have to intentionally choose to forgive Choose to know people's hearts that they only have the best for us and choose to come and encourage one another in love and good works, the good works of Christ. Last Saturday, we had a beautiful time of coming and being intentionally collective and we had our first um, wildlife, wildlife, yeah, wildlife um, and it got put out to the church to whoever wanted to come last Saturday that we would go for this bush walk. And um, because it was brand new, there was like, oh, I don't know who's going to come. And, and uh, Luke Quilter, incredible, just loves the outdoors, was leading that. And uh, we had a group of about, I think there was about 13 people. And uh, it was it was incredible because we had, um, our, the youngest was there was 12 and then the oldest there was around 70-ish. I didn't want to ask them how old they are because that's rude. You don't ask old people how old they are. Um, more mature people in their 70s. And so this was this wide age group of people. But the one thing that I loved, we were different ages, we were different, um, had different physical capacities, but we all stayed together for this 8K walk. And not only did we stay together, but we encouraged one another and we got to know each other along the way. The old rubbing shoulders with the young. And um, it was just a great time. Not only were we getting fitness, but we got to know each other better and, the, and just seeing the generations go together and, and encouraging one another. It was just a really special time. But we had to be intentional to be there. To be, like, it was Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Like, seriously? The soul was saying, stay in bed, just enjoy yourself. But when you get there, when you're with like-minded people, like-hearted people, oh, there's a buzz church. Because iron sharpens iron and we were encouraging one another in the things of God, encouraging one another on our walk, encouraging one another to be who we are. 
And was there times that those young people wanted to sprint off ahead? Absolutely. They were getting frustrated and no, but you know what? It was about the collective. It was about being together and doing the race together. That's what God wants us to do, to do the race together. Yeah, we need to walk our own path, but to become intentionally collective. Intentional isn't always easy because we all live full and busy lives. But the truth is we get to choose what we make our busy. We get to choose what we prioritise. And more than ever, I'm so in my spirit, encouraged and impressed that more than ever, church, we need to become intentionally collective. Collective to encourage one another on in love and good works for the Kingdom of God. And as we do that, people will come not because we're doing anything special, because we know the power of our God and we're encouraged with one another. Yes, it's sometimes so easy to walk away when we've been hurt, disappointed. You know what? Churches are full of broken, imperfect people. Even pastors, you know? We don't have halos that are follow us around. We're just as broken and as imperfect as the next week. I need the grace of God every day just as much as you do. But you know what? I need you just as much as you need me. I need every one of you in my life just as much I hope you want me in your life to encourage one another, to lift one another up. When we're going through a hard time, a tough time, to celebrate through the good times, it says in the Scripture, we, we cry together when it's tough times, but we also celebrate in the good times, church. I wonder as we finish this morning, there's power in community and gathering and connecting. Our world knows it, but it first came from the heart of God. It's who He created us to be, to love and be loved and be connected. But I wonder, I just wonder, is there something intentionally that we need to do? Is there something that I might need to sacrifice so that I can be intentional in connecting with my church family? Like, I love that we have one-hour connects here at church. It is like one of the highlights of my fortnight. I get together with this incredible group of women and we do talk so well together. We do a lot of talking. But it's such a beautiful time. We're together for an hour, but we just get to do life together. We get to talk about the real, the raw, the ugly, the joys. And it's so, so powerful. Maybe this morning, God wants to encourage you to be intentionally collective. Just like 39 weeks ago, Pastor Brendan brought this message to us. It's still so true today. Let's close our eyes and pray to finish this morning. Father, I thank you that you created us to be in relationship, God. Because you created us Firstly, God, to be in relationship with You. Relationship with the Father. And God, this morning, 
I pray you would have spoken to each of us individually, God, about being intentionally collective, God. There's power when we get together, God. There's something special that unites us when we come together in one heart, God, to encourage one another, to lift one another up, to do this journey of life together, God. And God, this morning, I thank You for every person that You have intentionally brought here this morning, God, that it's no surprise that they're here in this place, God, because they've been intentionally collective, God. God, I pray against those barriers that hold us back, God. You know, individually, God, what those barriers are, God, that we would choose to chat with You about it, God, of how we can be intentionally collective to come together in one heart, in unity because of your cause, God, the greatest cause on earth. And we thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I hope that um, you have been encouraged this morning because that's what comes always out of the heart of God, that we would leave church challenged but encouraged knowing the goodness and the love of God. Have an incredible day and um, have an incredible week. Thanks team.